Back in January, as I sat in a blue Adirondack chair on a cool day with a cup of hot tea, my journal, and a Bible while on a cohort tree with some friends from Covenant Church, I began to think about seasons. The scripture, our scripture passage this morning is the primary text that I meditated upon. I was filled with gratitude as just two days prior, Jana Harrison said yes to serving as Covenant's administrative assistant of congregational care and mission. The end of a season of waiting and the beginning of a season with a key teammate. I was five weeks away from submitting a good draft of my doctoral project and I sat there considering all of the hard work of writing that was in front of me and also the growing enthusiasm that I had that the long journey that I had had with my doctor of ministry that it might be coming to an end in the spring. What I didn't know is that in just 12 days, I would receive a surprising cancer diagnosis and a challenging unwanted season would begin. As I thought about the goodness and the gift of the new year, In front of me this morning, that morning, I found myself curious about other seasons that might be changing, closing, or beginning in my personal life, in my workplace, and in the broader world. The annual meeting in June with my company of pastors, a pastoral formation group that I have met with since 2007, I knew that when we met in June, it would be our last official gathering. We had decided so the year prior. We used Ecclesiastes 3 to guide our time together that weekend as we celebrated, thanked God for a long and and brilliant journey together, all that was shared, and as we articulated what we harvested from one another. And today's scripture passage now weaves its way through our congregation's story. With Pastor John sharing last Sunday, And again this morning that the season of John's ministry at Covenant will be ending and a new season of ministry beginning at First Pres of Lake Forest in Illinois. John's letter to the congregation began with words from Ecclesiastes, there is a season for everything. We will miss John Wasson. I will miss John Wasson. It has been a rich gift to work closely with John as a colleague and a friend. Covenant is better because of him. We'll have just a few more weeks with John and his family, and then we will mark the ending of this season of ministry and shared life, as John drew attention to at the end of September with a reception and uh, a meal. The ongoing seasons and constant change of life. Part of life is watching seasons come and go. The reality is is that we are in a perpetual state of transition, continually moving from one season to the next. Ages ago, there lived a king who lived with unrivaled wisdom. And as he looked out over all of the mysteries of life and death, he spoke these words. It is widely believed that it is King Solomon. His Hebrew name is Koheleth. We know him in English as the preacher or the teacher. Journeying to the ends of the earth and using all of the resources available to him, he set out to search for the meaning of life and to make sense of his world under the sun. Listen again to these words that call to us from across the generations. 
the beginning of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. For everything there is a season, and a time of every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What gain have the workers from their toil? I've seen the business that God has given to everyone to be busy with. God has made everything beautiful in its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of past and future into their minds, yet they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in all their toil. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may it all be pleasing and acceptable to you. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I know it's hard to believe, but we are getting a glimpse that it is happening. The harshness of summer is starting to loosen its grip a little bit on the thermometer. The mornings are starting to preview just a little bit, a cooler temperature that hopefully will soon greet us. And we've experienced the encouragement of two days during the month of August that didn't hit triple-digit heat. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it, how much better 97 degrees feels than 107. With this anticipated autumn feel comes pumpkin patches and the blitz of pumpkin-infused drinks and fall foods reminding us that the season is changing. You can feel the transition between seasons. And it's not just the weather experiences, experiencing changes in seasons. We do too. Our lives have seasons. Periods of predictable time when you expect particular things to happen. Like returning to school, fall football season, Thanksgiving and Christmas, oak pollen, tax season. <laughs> the season of Lent and Easter spring graduations and the end of a school year. Time is always moving. The business of life is endlessly changing and it's never standing still. We have predictable seasons and unpredictable seasons that are sometimes not very fun. For unlike Barbie in the Barbie movie, who wakes up every day in Barbie land to another perfect day, real life is never like that. 
Let's think about time for a moment. This, this whole scripture this morning really beckons for reflection, but let's think about time as the teacher of Ecclesiastes contemplates the notion of time. Where has the time gone, we wonder, as we consider how kids are growing and changing dramatically, or when we realize the number of years it has now been since high school graduation. There's a limit to our days, which causes us, reminds us that time is precious. Teach us, O Lord, to number our days, says the psalmist, that we might gain a way's heart. This kind of numbering has little to do with counting and more to do with considering what life is all about, what really matters, and how am I walking with God and with others. Maybe you have time, more time, than you know what to do with in the season that you now find yourself in. Maybe time is not going fast enough as you anticipate and are looking forward to an upcoming vacation. Maybe it feels like time is standing still as you are awaiting news about whether or not you got accepted into a particular college or a particular program, or as you await spending time with someone you love. Or maybe you wonder if you are spending your time in a meaningful way at the start of another school year. Author and Anglican priest Tish Warrens. She has wonderful musings about time in a chapter titled Sitting in Traffic in her book Liturgy of the Ordinary. Warren writes, I am impatient. I live in an instant world where I like to think that I am the captain of the clock. I live with the illusion that time, my time at least, is something I can control. I am not a farmer. I don't have to wait for harvest or for the weather to change. I am not a midwife. I don't have to wait for babies to come. When my computer moves too slowly, seconds really, I murmur, this is taking forever. Of course, if I knew how long I had left to live, if the length of my remaining days or those of someone close to me could be counted in weeks, I'd understand that time is not in my control. But in my life, Time is most often something I seek to manage or something I resent, something, it seems, that I never have enough of. In my frenetic life, I forget how to slow down and wait. Time is a flowing stream that we are swept in. Time is a gift from God. It is not a commodity that we control, manage, or consume. It does not revolve around us. Time revolves around God, what ha God has done, what God is doing, and what God has done and will do. We find ourselves living in a challenging time. However, this is our allotted time. What we decide is what we do with the time that has been given to us, but is it all up to us? Today's passage begins with a poem that I imagine is familiar for some of you, which communicates the, the total span and breadth of our lives from birth until death. It then goes on to describe all sorts of contradictory experiences that we go through throughout life, from planting it to plucking up, from breaking down to building up, mourning to dancing, and so on. Let's look again at this list that covers the gamut of 
of the human experience, the gamut of human activities. And as you look at this list, I wonder what season are you currently in? You can be in multiple seasons at the same time. Maybe you are like my friend who shared that she feels drawn to the idea that it is a time to embrace and also a time to lose as she watches her parents decline. Another friend shared how her son is dating for the first time and how she is carefully navigating between a time to keep silence and a time to speak. <laughs> the season, I connect with many, many of these on this particular list, but the season that, that most draws to me is that I am in a time for war against unwelcome cancer cells and also a time for peace as I am living with an abiding sense of peace that God is with me and for me. Sometimes we experience each season on the same day, laughing and crying at the same time. It doesn't say this particular passage that when you don't like the season that you are in to force a change. For example, sometimes there is a season of grief and sadness. Sadness is not the enemy in its proper place. Sadness is merely right. At times, no other emotion will do. For everything, there is a season. What season are you in? And who is walking with you in this time? These verses capture the beauty and the bewilderment of our lives because the seasons of life sometimes can confound us. Let's return to looking at verse 11. God has made everything beautiful in its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of past and future into their minds, yet they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. God set in our hearts a desire to know why things work out the way they do in our lives. We learn in Genesis 1 that humans are created in the image of God. There is something in us that mirrors God's image to all creation. There's nothing else in all creation that is described in this same way. Part of being human is that we yearn to know the truth. We long for meaning in the seasons of life, yet as creatures we can't quite fully know what God is doing. As I look back at the seasons of my life, I have perplexing questions and at times wonder why. I imagine the same is true for you. But as this verse explains, we can't always understand why. We have a sense of eternity, but we can't quite grasp it. There is the presence of mystery. Our lack of understanding forces us to lean upon the one who does have complete understanding. We all experience good and bad in life, though we don't always understand God's ways, we can still trust that God will work all things together and that his master plan is good. Sometimes this truth is hard to believe when we go through confusing or difficult times. So how do we live with wisdom, we who don't always understand God's ways? The author of Ecclesiastes counsels us both to zoom in and to pan out. First, zooming in, 
The teacher explains at the end of the scripture that we read this morning how to live today. We accept our present time as a gift. We eat and we drink and we take pleasure in our work. We take pleasure in our toil. We enjoy the good gifts that God has given us. Part of that enjoyment means learning that every season won't last. Which those of you who recently sent your youngest son or daughter to kindergarten or your firstborn off to college know all too well. Scripture teaches us to appreciate the things that come along because we know that each time and each season is so fleeting which causes, develops in us a posture, hopefully, of gratitude. Panning out, we acknowledge that God is sovereign over all of it, even though we can't pan out far enough to get a full picture. When we speak of God's sovereignty, we refer to God's authority and power to act over all the cosmos. We declare that God governs and is ruler over all things. Zooming out, we aim to get a big picture view of what is happening, more of an aerial view of our lives. My grandma would call this taking the long view, having the long view. A coach that I had years ago spoke into this in a way of saying, we tend to live situationally, but God calls us to live sovereignly. Friends, we are a, a part of a story bigger than ourselves. A story which is still being written in which the plot is unfolding in our generation. Even though we only see in part and may not understand how God is putting the pieces together, God will make everything beautiful in its time. Maybe this means a restored relationship, the presence of joy in the midst of a trial, or learning that will come about because of saying yes to a new calling on your life. There is a season for everything. Back to sitting in that Adirondack chair back in January, drinking my hot tea, looking out upon the beauty of God's world. In a few short weeks, life as I knew it would be turned upside down. As I prepared, as I prepared to submit my full draft of my doctoral project, I was also scheduling surgery and navigating care to a cancer diagnosis. In time, as you know, I learned that future treatment, chemotherapy and radiation would also be required. I am now in the radiation phase of my treatment with daily radiation Monday through Friday. Ironically, the focus of my doctoral work is how we are formed in wilderness for mission considering the wilderness journey and how to survive what is needed to survive was no longer an academic exercise, not merely an academic exercise, as I submitted my draft and final paper. 
there are chapters in our lives that are surprising. Some chapters of our journey begin in expected ways and then a, a turning point thrusts us into unknown territory. These incidents are formational. Charles Dickens' historical novel, A Tale of Two Cities, famously opens with the words, say it with me, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. There's a cartoon where Dickens seems to be handing over his manuscript to a publisher where the publisher replies, I wish you would make up your mind, Mr. Dickens. Was it the best of times or the worst of times? It could scarcely have been both. However, they do often combine on a frequent basis. Dickens captures the, the duality and contrast present in our lives. It would be disingenuous for me to say during this present season of cancer treatment and all the emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual work that I am doing, that it is in my life the best of times. But there has also been the presence of so much grace. In this season, I have been acutely aware of how family and the community of faith is a means of grace, providing comfort and helping me to be attentive to the one who is the strength of my soul. Covenant Church, your, prayer, your prayers and your encouragement have meant the world to me. I don't know how people go through seasons like this without the help of their friends which has reminded me of how critical it is to build the habit of community in our lives. We were made by God to live life together in community, to live life in relationship with others. We cannot go it alone, and you cannot wait until you need friends to have friends. I cannot overemphasize how unfeasible it would have been at the time of my diagnosis for me to find friends. I was in crisis and needed friends, still do, but I did not have the luxury of time or the emotional capacity to nurture friendship. Friends, if we can help you, if we can help you to connect with a small group of other folks, please reach out to any of the pastors, to anyone on staff, it's in pockets of small communities where we know one another. We know how to pray for one another. We know each other's deepest fears and the longings of our hearts where we encourage one another to follow and to trust Jesus in all of life. We learn to let God care for us by allowing others to care for us. Those who receive compassion then give compassion away to others. I am learning this yet again. All of us, all of us, travel throughout our lives between good seasons and bad seasons. And we are prone to forget God's faithfulness and goodness when we find ourselves in a tough time. But God is still there in the most unpleasant of landscapes. And not only is God with us in the harsh times, but God is redeeming the painful places and forming those he loves 
for mission? How do we have the wisdom to live in the variety of seasons that we will experience in this life and the questions that we will face over God's purposes for the world? We help one another to trust that God is sovereign over all of our days and we enjoy each day as a gift from God. God will make everything beautiful in its time. Even if that seems unimaginable. There sure is the holding of mystery as we consider the seasons and the time and God's presence and work in them. We are in a moment of eternity that God has a plan on. One day we will see how all the puzzle pieces fit together. God will redeem the painful places for God is making all things new. Trust in that with me today and in the days to come. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you that no matter what we face in the world, that you are trustworthy and true. We trust that you are the Lord of the universe and the hope of this world and that you are the Lord over the whole journey. Thank you for those who encourage our faith and help us to grow, help us to remember your faithfulness throughout time as we encourage one another to follow you in times of prosperity and in times of adversity. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.